Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories. This is the podcast which tells the stories of Jesus, and we seek to share some understanding of those stories with you. I'm your storyteller and teacher, George Taylor. In the last two episodes, we spent some time talking about two examples of Jehovah's justice. Today, we're going to advance the story with a visit to Jesus by a prominent religious leader with questions on his heart for the master teacher. This chapter of the book of John, chapter 3, contains some of the most compelling teaching from Jesus, including what is probably the most famous verse from the scriptures. Stay with us as we explore this chapter in this episode, and then we dig deeper in the next episode. These Jesus stories come to you because of your support for this podcast, your prayer support, your word of mouth, and social media sharing support, and your financial support. Thank you for all the ways you spread the word and help to keep this podcast alive. So I'm asking you, my faithful listeners, you who are able to step up to the table, pray for guidance about whether or not you should support this effort to spread the stories of Jesus. Once you understand what you should or can do, go visit JesusStories.info, click on the Support This Podcast tab. You'll find a method that will allow you to make a one-time donation, as well as a method to sign up for a small amount of monthly support. Every dollar will count, and it will go to the effort to keep these stories coming to you. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast player. It's one of the ways that the word is spread to others about these stories. And don't forget to talk about the podcast with your friends, family, your acquaintances. You'll find that this is a really an easy discussion, even with strangers. I've done it. Just try it. You'll find more on the website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Sharing This Podcast tab. close the last Jesus story, Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover. While there, John tells us that he did miraculous signs, causing many people to begin to trust him. But Jesus didn't reciprocate. He knows all about people. He knows what's in each person's heart. One night, Jesus had a visitor. Nicodemus, a Pharisee and a religious leader, came to speak to him. Being a Pharisee and a respected Jewish teacher, Nicodemus would have had great understanding of the law that God had given to his people. But he comes to Jesus with questions, questions which Jesus doesn't really allow him to get into because Jesus already has some answers for him. Here's how it went. I'll interrupt and explain some of what you'll be hearing. Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, we have to stop right there. 
Jesus' statement seems strange. We've heard that term, born-again Christian, in our culture. But do you really know what that means? That's what Jesus is going to explain to Nicodemus. By the way, I'll bet that Nicodemus has the same question you do about this phrase. Let's listen. What do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. What did I tell you? Nicodemus didn't understand Jesus' statement either. How can someone go back to his mother's womb? But if you remember the last Jesus story, Jesus spoke in spiritual terms, while his listeners are trying to understand in physical terms. This is the same situation. So Jesus explains that humans can only give birth to humans, but the Holy Spirit, God, gives a new birth, creating spiritual life. Stop! What is this Holy Spirit? Now, we've encountered him before. When Mary conceived Jesus, it was through the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized in episode 4 of these Jesus stories, we learned that the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus as he came out of the water in the form of a dove. This is the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that doesn't answer the question yet, so let me give you another explanation. The Holy Spirit is one of the manifestations of God. Jesus is the Son of God, a manifestation of God that men could see, speak to, listen to, and even touch. The Holy Spirit is a manifestation of God which we cannot see, but which is the active presence of God here on earth. If you are, as Jesus says, born again, then you are promised that God, in the form of his Holy Spirit, will come and live within you. We'll talk more about the Spirit as we encounter more about him in these stories. For our purposes here, the Spirit is the true formation of a spiritual life inside each human being. As Jesus explains to Nicodemus, you can't see it, but you can see the results of that formation. Let's go back to our conversation. I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit we got to stop again for another explanation. Note that there are two elements for entering the kingdom of God, being born of the water and the Spirit. We've talked to the Spirit. What about the water? To begin with, this is imagery which Nicodemus would have found familiar. Water was a part of the Jewish cleansing rituals in the temple, and water indicates a division between those who are God's people and those who are not. Think of Noah and the flood. God's people were in the ark while those who were not drowned. When the nation of Israel crossed the Red Sea when leaving Egypt, the Egyptian army could not make the same crossing. They drowned. But this is a passage 
which carries several interpretations. One says that this water is a reference to the rite of baptism. When one is baptized, one is then born anew, a new creation, as Paul describes in Romans chapter 6. In fact, these two elements are paired together again when the apostle Peter preaches the very first gospel sermon recorded in the book of Acts. It's in chapter 2, verses 37 through 39. A second interpretation is that Jesus is speaking metaphorically when he talks of being born of the water. The Word of God, the Bible, does this washing that the physical water would do. This is based on writings from the Apostle Paul to the church that would later be established in the Greek city of Ephesus. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. And another interpretation is that Jesus is talking about physical birth, the breaking of water in the physical birth process. Now, which of these is right? I'm going to leave that to you. Let's just go back to our conversation with Nicodemus' reaction to these sayings. How are these things possible? You're a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? No, Nicodemus didn't understand what Jesus was trying to teach him. Jesus goes on to point out that if Nicodemus couldn't believe the earthly things he was trying to teach, then he couldn't understand the spiritual things either. Remember that Jesus is speaking in spiritual terms, while Nicodemus is trying to comprehend in physical terms. What Jesus is talking about is a miraculous transformation that only can happen under the power of God through his Holy Spirit. It was language and concept that Nicodemus couldn't at that moment wrap his head around. Then Jesus makes this remarkable statement. No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. What's Jesus trying to say? He's making the bold statement that he, Jesus, has come from heaven to earth. Then he follows with this statement. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Finally, Jesus is speaking of something which Nicodemus would understand, somewhat. He's speaking of an incident in Jewish history that was recorded in the book of Numbers, chapter 21. The Jewish people were getting impatient in the journey they were taking to get to the land God had promised them. They were complaining to their leader Moses and against God. Why did you bring us out here in the desert to die? There's no food or water, and we hate this manna. The manna was the special food God gave to the people while in the desert. So God sent poisonous snakes to the people, and many were bitten and died. The people repented of their complaining and asked Moses to ask God to take away the snakes. Moses prayed, and God told him to make a bronze replica of the poisonous snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten is to look at the bronze snake. Moses did this, and those who were bitten and looked at the snake were healed. So in the same way, Jesus says, the Son of Man, Jesus, is going to be lifted up. Jesus is talking about the fact that he would die on a cross. But by the way, we're still three years away from that happening. 
and anyone who wants to be saved from death would merely need to believe on him to have eternal life. Eternal life? Hmm. While I was on a mission trip, I had one young man tell me that he couldn't understand how anyone would want an eternal life. He was thinking of living eternally on this earth as it is right now. The eternal life Jesus is talking about is a new life on a new earth made for this eternity. And again, Jesus is speaking spiritually while this young man comprehends physically. So it is entirely different from the type of life we're living now. Then Jesus makes one of the most quoted statements from the entire Bible. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Well, the first part of that statement is most quoted. God, Jesus says, loves the world so much that he gave up his one and only Son. Could you imagine giving up one of your children because of your love for someone else? I can't. But that is how Jesus describes the love that God has for you and me. He gave up his son so that we, you and me, could have eternal life instead of spiritual death. But, Jesus says, it is not his job to judge. In fact, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in Jesus, that he is the Son of God, but there is a judgment for those who don't believe in him. That judgment is based on the fact that Jesus came to the earth, but some refused to see him as the Son of God. He said it this way, God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. What a conversation. It was powerful enough that Nicodemus, who was seeking truth with a truly soft heart, became one of Jesus' followers. So that ends our Jesus story for this episode. Won't you tell someone about this podcast? Maybe you've got a friend who could use some encouragement, or it's a family member who needs to hear about Jesus. All these episodes from the beginning are all up on our website, jesusstories.info. These Jesus stories come to you because you choose to support us, either financially or prayerfully, or both. We appreciate your help. If you've benefited from these episodes, would you pray and consider providing financial support for us? I invite you also to take our survey under the Talk to Us tab so you can tell us a little more about you. In our next episode, we'll dig deeper into this conversation. There are several things to consider, so join me then as we talk about being born again and Jesus' statement that he has come down from heaven. That'll be on the next episode in about two weeks. Let me close with a personal note. While we've used to put up an episode every two weeks pretty regularly, that has not been the case in the last several months. Life is very full in the Taylor House. If you check my Support This Podcast tab under the Prayers section, I explain in more detail what's going on. 
Your prayers are coveted as we navigate this current season in our lives, and I thank you for those. We'll see you in the next episode. God bless you. Sweetest that ever was heard